This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to remind you, peace of mind is tough to come by these days unless you have a Liberty Safe. With a Liberty Safe, you won't worry when you leave the house because you'll know your valuables are protected. And right now, you can get free delivery to your home on any Liberty Safe. Go to LibertySafe.com for factory direct pricing. LibertySafe.com, made in the USA, lifetime warranty, and peace of mind. LibertySafe.com. Stew. We've been here the last couple of days waiting for you. Where have you been? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? Jeez. We've been doing our What's show every day, and you guys don't even show up and watch it. Nice. Whatever. Okay, but, uh, you know, finally you're here. Thank and, you. Uh, and we get a chance to talk about the Oscars a little bit, which happened over the weekend. Yeah, we did, um, by the way, we should we should point out we had you know some weird weather here and stuff. And strange weather circumstances so. that uh, shut down people. People couldn't get here. I mean, we could have, but not everybody. You know, coming from uh, far flung places and all the camera people and all the wonderful people it takes to put this show on. Yeah, they're actually you not know? wonderful at all. I find them to be generally yeah. mediocre. Uh, some of them really suck, yeah. like Chris, our director. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, yes, yes. Only because he said thank you in my ear did I have to change it, you yes. know, and make it so that I didn't sound like it included him. Right. Uh, uh, but, um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, so, uh, so apologize. I know a lot of people were looking uh, for the podcast the last couple of days. Yeah. Uh, well, there was no show, so you don't get one. So, but. Ta-da! You went today. Mm-hmm. You get one you today. today. Um, and uh, we can talk now about the uh, Academy Award winners and losers. And the, uh, uh, the American Sniper did not win. Which kind of bumps me up, but I mean, there's no surprise there. Hollywood's not going to give that movie any kind of reward, are they? I mean, was there any chance? Did they have? Was there any chance for American Sniper the movie to win Best Picture or Bradley Cooper as Best Best Actor? Maybe Bradley Cooper had a shot. Bradley. Yeah, I thought Cooper had a shot. Honestly, he. Uh, I mean, he looks terrific in the previews. So. And I understand in the movie, you just forget it's him. You didn't actually you see it. That. I forgot about that. Because yeah. you, 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 you've talked about it with so much detail because someone gave you a really good rundown. <laughs> yeah, so, <laughs> so quite a rundown of it. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, I'm, I'm not shocked, obviously. I was, I was rooting for American Sniper, of course, over everything. Um, Birdman wound up winning for Best Picture, um, which I did see, uh, by the way. Um, and I'm Recently, not su- right? Yeah, I'm not surprised it won. I think I saw it Sunday night, maybe. Um, and I'm not surprised it won. It, first of all, it was very well done, very well acted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, I'm not surprised he, uh, he won for best director either. I mean, it was, you know, it was very well done. However, to me, the reason it won is because it was super insider yep. acting entertainment Hollywood. Like it was one of those movies that was looking directly at its own industry. <laughs> Um, and kind of Both going over, was. yeah, f- you know, frustrated actors and crazy people and, and uh, you know, the drama that goes on behind the scenes when you're trying to put a show on. And it was that type of, uh, you know, mm. movie. And those movies, I just think that people in Hollywood like those movies more than they like a war movie, which they can't relate to at all. Uh, you know, so I, I think that's kind of standard. Although it was a very good movie, I don't want—I don't want to. There's nothing wrong with it. It was—I thought it was, it was really, really well good. done, and yeah. it was entertaining. And 
Uh, it was interesting. The characters were all great. I mean, it was, it was, it was well worth watching, but... But was it the best of the year? A struggling actor. I, I didn't like it as much as... I mean, at least two other movies on this list. In fact, of the three movies I saw on this list, it was my least favorite, Birdman. Mm. However, you know, I really liked Grand Budapest Hotel, as I've said, and I really mm. liked American Sniper. Um, I, I have... Uh, uh, I want to. I do want to see Whiplash, which a lot of people uh, are saying it was really, really good. Yeah. About. That's the drumming the, one. The drummer with uh, the, oh yeah, which okay, one, yeah, that that looks, yeah. That I do pretty good. I do really want to see that. And uh, Boyhood, I don't think I can take. That's that movie of like yeah. uh, they did it over twelve years and like a kid growing up and having some problems and stuff. I can't watch those movies anymore. Now that I have kids, mm-hmm. I, I can't do it. I, it. It just makes all I do is put my own kids in the movie. And and it's just like it's it's too weird. I, mm-hmm. I can't do that anymore. There's something, and I know everyone says this like you become a parent and things change and stuff. That's one of the ones I notice it most. Like when you see those stories of like kids, you know, in their teenage years having all these horrible troubles. Like I can't help but think, holy crap, what do I do to stop that from happening? I know, lock them in the basement. Like I just get panicked and it freaks me out. I can't watch them anymore. Just can't do it. You don't have to. You don't have to, Stu. I want to see that movie. It's, it looks, it's a great idea. It's an amazing then story. Then see it. But I can't do it. That's just, you don't, you have, don't to. have to. You don't have to. You're don't just, see it then. Well, but I want to see it. Well, then you go see, see it. it. But I can't. Well, then don't. See, this is the conflict <laughs> we're talking about. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, you know, I, I still want to, the theory of everything, which the guy won for uh, best actor. Eddie Redmayne? Yeah, which I was kind of disappointed about. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I kind of want the preview, and I haven't seen this movie yet either, though. I kind of want to. Uh, he looks phenomenal. It looks yeah, pretty amazing. amazing. First of all, he looks like Stephen Hawking and, and seemed to act like him as well. And Agreed. so, you know, when you become the person, uh, that, that's, you know, that's a lot of times deserving of an award. Uh, I, I, but he was, I mean, and he looked like he did a great job at the movie yeah, just did. by the previews. However, look, look at the other, we'll go who he's against. Bradley Cooper, American Sniper. Brilliant. I wanted to win, of According course, to for all that. reports. Uh, Steve Carell. I mean, I kind of wanted to see Steve Carell win. I think he's really good in that. An award. Yeah. And, yeah. I'm really he, surprised he didn't get it. I was really rooting for Michael Keaton, too. I mean, I like, I was too. In the fact I like, of, like And you could see there's this thing that going, that's going around the internet of the moment they announce it. Mm-hmm. And you can see him kind of just put his speech back in his pocket. Like, really? I think he thought, I, I mean, Birdman oh, won every other freaking award. I think he thought he had it won. And it's kind of a sad uh, moment. And, you know, like, you've got to be prepared. And the story of Birdman is essentially he played a um, superhero back in the day in the movies, and now he's trying to re- re- resurrect his career, uh, you know, on, in theater. And, and there's some similarities to, uh, to him, as, as many have noted, is he obviously played Batman. He left the series at one, uh, arguably its peak or close to its peak and tried to do other things that maybe didn't work out as well. And now he's doing an art house thing, which you could kind of equate to the play in the movie. Um, and there's, there's, there seemed to be some sort of justice in him winning. Uh, and but then it didn't happen either. And then yeah. uh, uh, what's his face? Cum- Benedict Cumberbatch was supposedly who, who really good. Who's the right? darling of Hollywood? Yeah. I'm kind of. Yeah, I'm is. a little surprised he didn't win too because he's he's got so much buzz and he's the he is the in actor right now. Benedict Cumberbatch, Cumberbatch and he's in everything. Yeah. I mean, can we stop with the Benedict Cumberbatch? I get it. He's a good actor. <laughs> can we stop putting him in absolutely every movie? I understand he's in the new Star Wars. Is he really? I, that's what I heard. Is it? Anybody know if that's substantiated? I don't know that, although that is what you get. Like, you get these, like, art house roles where everyone really appreciates your work and you don't Mm -hmm. make a lot of money, and then you turn that into just one of those roles, and that's when you clean up. Then you're set. That's all you need. And you're set. I'm excited for the new Star Wars. When is it coming out? Anyone know? December. It is December, okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's too long.
I got to say, uh, Julianne Moore, uh, who won for Best oh. Actress, and it's a movie about early onset Alzheimer's. Mm. What a horrible! I mean, I, 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 I it's like just it. too heart wrenching for me. I, can't, I, I feel the same. I want to see it. Like she looks again amazing in the movie, but I don't think yeah. I can sit through a two-hour movie about early onset Alzheimer's. That's just too depressing. No way. Yeah, too, too, too depressing. depressing. Plus, it's Julianne Moore. I don't care. She's all, she's up there almost with uh, your girl. Meryl Streep. Oh, yes. Meryl Streep, yeah. Who is she's up there, you know, she's in all this stuff. She's all, supposed to be so great. She's not that great. I was, uh, when I was on Twitter, I, uh, Meryl Streep came on stage. And as soon as I came on stage, there was just a flood of tweets being like, oh, I can't wait to see her Stu go off again on Meryl Streep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. And I've now become famous for hating the, one of the most beloved actresses of all time. But uh, she, she, she was nominated for uh, uh, Best Actress in uh, Into the Woods. Which she was supporting, actress. supporting. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yes, best supporting actress into the woods. She sucked in that. I right? Yeah, she's not she's that. that she was good. not that good. She's I the movie was was... more actually is a little bit better of an actress than Meryl. No question. I think it's true. Uh, this is an anti-Meryl Streep jihad on this program, and, yeah. I, and I, I'm happy to lead it. I'm happy to be the cleric <laughs> of that movement. And, and she was not that great in Into the Woods, and that was just a bad movie. Uh, did we mention Alejandro Inarritu won the best actor for uh, Birdman? And then he got up and he did the, uh, you know, I love Mexico thing or wh whatever it was he was doing there. You know, I'm so tired of the political uh, announcements and pronouncements. It seemed like there was more of that in this Oscars than in the last just several combined. A ton. Yeah, a lot of people making all sorts of bizarre yeah. statements. And at a time when these lefties have everything going their way. You're talking about what more can be done for illegal aliens in this country than 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 they've been doing, and they're trying to get amnesty for him now, and he's still complaining, as up there bitching and moaning. Shut up! <laughs> Shut up! The guy's basically uh, by government edict, by presidential edict, just made five million people leave right. otherwise illegally. They're still they're still and he's still up there whining about it. Yeah. You know, why don't you why don't you get up there and complain about the conditions in Mexico? If you know, if you love the Mexican people so much and the people of Central and South he America as well, he actually did do that. I think he seemed it to be calling like out our that. government. I, I think he no, like he did he both. Did I think he, he he did he did criticize our government, but did criticize Mexico. In what in way? Situation. What do you say? Do we, I mean, we don't have the video, do we? By any yeah, chance, be, be Oscar video like is to... really they don't let you air yeah, it at all after the fact they're like really weird with the rights on it so i don't know how much we could do there's a see if we can find that do we have uh, we have one clip from the oscars we can give you this one uh this is from uh this is from uh what's his name uh, jk simmons this guy's oh, a yeah. really good actor and this movie is apparently amazing i've not seen it yet you know you kind of see well it's a movie about drumming whiplash uh but apparently it's amazing and he's amazing in it to the point that like you actually like really it's it makes you feel like super tense just watching it because he is in your face the entire time here's uh, his speech i told this like a billion people or so <laughs> call your mom call your dad if you're lucky enough to have a parent or two alive on this planet call them don't text don't email call them on the phone tell them you love them and thank them and listen to them for as long as they want to talk to you thank you thank you mom and dad Cool. Yeah, that's nice. That's certainly better than, uh, and uh, let's get some free health care going in this country for once. Yeah. Obamacare is not nearly far enough. Let's go to single payer. And let's tax the rich like me a lot more. By the way, where's my $125,000 gift bag? Where's that?
I think it was worth more than that. I, I read it was $125,000 worth of stuff. They all get gift bags yeah. in, in their little, uh, at their tables. $125,000 worth of stuff in them. Just, I mean, trips, vacation trips to, uh, you know, beautiful exotic places. Uh, there was a train ride, a luxury train ride through the Canadian Rockies. There's, I mean, a Mediterranean sea salts. Uh, there was some visit with a horoscope well, yeah, the, person who would come to your house yeah, for twenty thousand dollars. Yeah, uh, unbelievable, Fantastic. unbelievable. But they're all about the little people. Yeah, of course. Oh, all, yeah, about, all about the little people. Um, well, their so body quality. The, yeah. uh, the quote here from him talking about uh, Mexico. He says, "I want to dedicate this award to my fellow Mexicans, the ones who live in Mexico. Mm. I pray that we can build the government that we deserve." Okay. That's pretty strong. See? All right. I take know. it back. That would be nice. Yeah. That would be and nice. Then, and then millions of people wouldn't have to flood across our border illegally. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you do it? Get to work on that. Focus on that. And his other point, here's, his, here's the rest of the quote where he says about this country, and the ones living in this country who are part of the latest generation of immigrants in this country, I just pray that they can be treated with the same dignity and respect to the ones who came before and built this incredible immigration nation. I will say that if, um, you, if, if you're... They didn't build this uh, nation, however. Uh, I'm sorry. The Mexicans Immigr did not... Immigrants did, but not necessarily Mexican immigrants. No. <laughs> no. no, they did not build uh, the country. Not... The country was pretty well built by we, the time. We were at war with Mexico through a long period of that. <laughs> yes, um, yes, that was we were. part of it. <laughs> um, and I will say that, uh, you know, if, if, if what... Mm, if so what tired of that. Uh, ...illegal immigrants want is to be treated as well as... Mexican immigrants have been in the past. Come here legally, uh, and you will be. A, come here legally, and you will be. In fact, you'll be treated much better. Mm -hmm. uh, because back there was a, a lot more racism back in the day. Uh, there right. was a lot more prejudice back in the day. But also go back to, what was it, Theodore Roosevelt? Who, uh, was it Theodore Roosevelt who, who did, um, uh, multi, was extraordinarily strict and did Operation, uh, I don't even know if I'm going to say the name of the operation. Was it, was it uh, him or that was, was that? Uh, that was Eisenhower. It was Eisenhower, that's Operation right, yeah. Whitback. Yeah, I mean, that's the name of the operation, the name, I guess so what are you going to do? I don't know if you're allowed to say it. <laughs> Point is, though, uh, you know, this is pretty... This, Mexican immigrants in the past, there's not this glorious time for illegal immigrants in the past in this country. This is a, generally a new thing where we just allowed people to walk over the border and do whatever the hell they wanted. Yes. That's a, generally a new thing. Yes. Um, and uh, Jimmy Kimmel, by the way, uh, did something. Very, yeah, he does this, and it's funny. And every time we play it, it's always funny. And he's really good at this. This is uh, before the Academy Awards. He sent out a camera onto Hollywood Boulevard, which is a bizarre area in and of itself, to ask people about the Oscar-nominated Oscar films that I, of course, have seen all of them watch did you think it was overkill that julianne moore cried for a full 90 minutes in cry face or was that just right oh no it was just right it's never an overkill <laughs> never an overkill to cry just let it out <laughs> what did you think of the controversial moment at the beginning of boyhood when they killed the boy right off the bat uh, it, was, it was pretty pretty emotional it was a good movie. How do you think Angelina Jolie did as Rosa Parks in Selma? Was that powerful or? Yes, definitely. She, she's very powerful. <laughs> do you think she brought a sexiness to that scene on the bus? Absolutely. <laughs> what did you think about that beautiful moment in The Theory of Everything when Eddie Redmayne got up out of his wheelchair and punched Albert Einstein in the face? That was just unbelievable. I'm so glad they did that. That was just like history in its making. I wish I could have been there to see that in real life. And I'm so glad they did that. What did you think of Meryl Streep's performance in Two Stone to Function? Uh, I don't know if she was in that movie, but no, Two Stone to <laughs> so that's pretty funny. I honestly didn't understand a word you just said. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is like literally Beavis come to life. 
<laughs> She's pretty funny. Yeah, she is. I, I don't know who that is. Uh, do they ever show her? Is she a part of the show on no, Kimmel? No, that's a good question. I don't it's, know the answer. She's definitely she does a good job. She's with that. not just some person holding a microphone. No. She, she's either no. a comedian or something. Yeah. She's very funny, and uh, that's a great <laughs> delivery of that stuff. Really too. good. Triple eight seven two seven. Back. It's uh, Pat and Stu. Good news uh, that has cropped up in the last couple of days is uh, at least the killer of uh, Chris Kyle and and Chad Littlefield was found guilty of murder. So he he didn't get off with. Oh uh, yeah, he just didn't. He didn't know right from wrong. He didn't, even though he said he did, uh, you know, to multiple people afterwards, he didn't know. <laughs> so they didn't they didn't buy into that. Uh, yeah. Two hours of deliberation. Yeah, their defense seemed to be well when they were in the car. Chris Kyle and Chad Littlefield texted <laughs> back to each other, and, and Chad, uh, Chris Kyle said, straight oh, up you're crazy. straight up straight up nuts. And that we believe that was not just a flippant statement of a guy, but instead a serious uh, analysis of his mental well-being at the time. Uh, and uh, see, he even knew that he was crazy. So I think we've rested our case. And that seriously does seem to be their entire defense. Yeah, I mean, it's and it's really bad. And uh, fortunately did not work out in Texas. Uh, as they found uh, Eddie Ray Ralph, uh, 27, guilty of capital murder in the killing. So he he will not get the death penalty. They didn't even seek the death penalty. He's going to get life in, uh, in prison without parole. So, um, you know, Marcus Luttrell said a little something about uh, his greeting that might be waiting for him at the penitentiary here in Texas when he gets there. It may, it may not be a friendly one. <laughs> it may not you be a think? friendly one. Yeah, no, and actually, and I will, just to correct you. Uh, Pat, he said uh, he'll have to wait to find out what it is. So, and that is true. Who knows? Could that be flowers. Uh, could be Might? candy. Could be a nice uh, candlelight dinner. Uh, <laughs> could also be something else. I don't, I don't know what it could be. I, I don't know. We'll I have to even, wait and see. We'll speculate. all have to wait and see. Not just him. Why speculate when we can wait and see? Right. Uh, I'm, you know, obviously glad this guy's gone away forever. I'm glad he was convicted of murder. Um, and, I, you know, I, I can't think of a punishment that I can come up with that would be bad enough for somebody who does something like that. Um, but, again, it, there's something to the fact that it's nice that we have a, a justice system that, you know, took this and, and let him air his, his horrible case and, uh, you know, uh, went to a jury of his peers, and it was pretty easy for them to, uh, mm -hmm. to see through what he was saying. So that's a positive. Um, a negative uh, from yesterday was Obama's veto of the Keystone XL <laughs> bill. Of course, very expected. Uh, not a surprise at all. Yeah. He, was, he said all along he's going to veto this bill, and of course he did. First veto since uh, the Republicans won control of Congress, because it's really the first thing the Congress has done. Uh, it's about the only thing they've done. Um, they completely backed off the uh, immigration bill, uh, or including uh, you know, the funding of the DHS with the immigration bill and this is something that Democrats would never do. When they have the advantage, they use the advantage. Now, you go after a majority for a reason, and it's so that you can get your agenda passed. And the Republicans never do it. Every time they have the capability to, uh, to get their agenda done, they pass it up. Yeah, and I would honestly prefer a world in which bills were separated uh, as to their short 
and separated and they were on one topic. I would prefer that world. However, we don't live in that world. No. And so the way that people get things done is to say, okay, well, look, you, the immigration thing, you're going to have to stop that uh, to, to fund the DHS. And they seemingly were winning that battle. Uh, were Democrats winning. were starting to back down. They were starting to admit they were the ones stopping this. Uh, yeah, media organizations were doing it. They get nice and nice and close to a win. And then McConnell comes in and snatches victory uh, from the jaws, or snatches defeat from the jaws of victory. I almost mm -hmm. did the same thing Glenn did this morning. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, and, and what happens? Now he separates it. So, okay, we'll just have an up or down vote on uh, the immigration thing. Well, what good does that do? Even if it gets through, Obama's going to veto it anyway. It's com purely symbolic. It's a complete white flag, as is always the case with Mitch McConnell. He is a pathetic, pathetic representative of so conservative bad. values. And I don't think he cares about them. Um, so but, bad. Uh, really, really awful. He is, he is terrible. He is terrible. I mean, it's one thing to have a senator that's that bad. It's another thing to have a senator that's that bad in your leadership. And uh, honestly, uh, this is your fault, Kentucky. Yep. You That's why you're, you're dead to us. Uh, you have, you're you've been, dead to you us. You are now dead to us. Okay. Uh, All thanks right. a lot for that. Uh, but uh, the Keystone XL is a, is a pretty controversial thing, and, and I don't know why. The, uh, we're sort of told that it's going to make the environment much worse, and, and that's the, the reason uh, for not doing this. I mean, it's, it's absolutely absurd. In fact, there's, is there a possibility that the Keystone XL pipeline would actually make the environment better? That's the question we asked and answered on The Wonderful World of Stew. You might have noticed that the price of oil has plummeted just a little bit lately. Maybe a terrible thing, maybe a good thing. We've yet to figure that out. But what we do know is that whether the price is high or low, oil is always vilified in the media. So it's nice to see ExxonMobil actually standing up for themselves for once in this commercial. We don't need to think about the energy that makes our lives possible. Because we do. We're ExxonMobil. And powering the world responsibly is our job. Because boiling an egg isn't as simple as just boiling an egg. Life takes energy. Energy lives here. Mm, bet you didn't know it. But your eggs, Benedict, is so much more complicated than you ever thought. But despite all the good that fossil fuels do, we can't get the Keystone Pipeline built because so many people really don't like it. I'm a believer that Keystone is not good for the climate. There's just multiple, multiple reasons that this Keystone Pipeline is a bad idea, pretty much every single way. We have got to defeat this Keystone Pipeline. Denying the permit for a brutally stupid money grab like the Keystone XL Pipeline is a no-brainer. The vote is no on the Keystone XL Pipeline, which I call extra lethal. Mm. <laughs> it is a no-brainer, I will give you that. And it's not just lethal, it's extra But would the Keystone Pipeline really be harmful to our planet? How much environmental damage would it actually do? According to the EPA, not exactly a conservative source, the Keystone Pipeline will add 18.7 million metric tons of CO2 equivalent per year. Sounds like a big number, but how much is that, really? Say, for example, uh, thank you very much, we take this egg. Mm -mm -mm, this yummy, yummy egg. An egg represents the extra emissions of CO2 that will be added by the Keystone Pipeline. 
So where does this one egg fit into the context of total U.S. CO2 emissions per year? Ah, we come over and see our big family. It fits right next to 347 of its little egg brothers and sisters. Right there. According to the EPA, the U.S. emits 6.5 billion metric tons of CO2 annually. The Keystone Pipeline would amount to less than 1% of an increase. Actually, 0.287% to be more specific. So we're going to hurt businesses, kill jobs, and lower our energy independence over one freaking egg. One egg? That's not even as much as Michelle Obama wants your fat kid to eat for breakfast. And by the way, Canadian tar sands, mm -hmm, that's where all this oil's coming down through the Keystone Pipeline. They're going to be developed whether the Keystone Pipeline is built or not. Meaning no matter what you do, this one egg is going to find its way into this pile anyway. And that's not according to me. That's according to the Science Magazine editor-in-chief. Listen. Just because there hasn't been a pipeline really did not stop the development of the Canadian tar sands. Uh -oh. They were going to be developed anyway, you're saying? Yeah, in fact, they are developed anyway. Uh -oh. Rather than putting the oil in a pipeline, they are now putting the oil on trucks in railway cars. Uh-oh. And trucks and trains actually use more fossil fuels themselves to get that crude oil to market than a pipeline. Hmm. So not only is this one egg going to end up in this pile anyway, but by avoiding the construction of the pipeline, we're actually making the problem worse. Let me be clear. Environmentalists shouldn't be pissed that we're building the pipeline. They should be pissed that we're not building the pipeline. Environmental activists, get on board for the greener alternative that is the Keystone Pipeline and stop wasting your time and energy fighting against less than 1% of additional CO2 emissions. Uh, it is Pat and Stu. Kind of an interesting report when you couple it with the uh, day's news. There's a report out from the uh, Heritage Foundation that says the U.S. military under Obama has been decimated. Um, the U.S. military itself is aging. It's shrinking in size. And it's quickly becoming problematic in terms of being able to address more than one major conflict. Which uh, seems to be kind of important lately since we're doing like nine at a time. <laughs> uh, it's been, that's been an issue for a while, though, hasn't it? I it mean, has. I, you know, it uh, has. Uh, but uh, but getting the worse. latest strategy, though, is to uh, size the armed forces uh, pledged in 2014 so that the military branches have sufficient troops, ships, and tanks and aircraft to win a large war while sim simultaneously acting to deny objectives or impose unacceptable costs on other aggressors in another region. But apparently we're getting close to the point where we're not able to do that. This is typical of what this country has been uh, over the years, which is a country that seems to look at war and, and look for ways 
to win it rather than to make it equal. And I think that's right. a policy change we need to have. Yep. What if instead of trying to win these wars all the time, we decided mm -hmm. to intentionally lose them so that we could all be at the same level? Uh, America is a superpower. Do we need a superpower? No. No, we don't. No, uh, we don't. I think the answer is uh, we've been such a negative influence on this uh, world for so long. Uh, it's time to start losing wars intentionally. <laughs> And I think that's kind of our policy. It's almost the policy right now. Uh, and at the same time, you've got things like this happening. Islamic State militants have abducted at least 70 Christians from their homes in Syria. So you've got this war on Christians and Christianity going on in the Middle East, and we're not doing anything about it. Uh, the Islamic State militants struck before dawn, staging house-to-house -house raids in a cluster of uh, villages nestled along the... Uh, Kabur River in northeastern Syria. They abducted at least 70 Christians, many of them women and children, while thousands of others fled to safer areas. Captive's fate is uh, kind of unclear right now. They don't really know what's going on, but, I mean, based on what's happened in the past, you can kind of guess what their fate will be if nobody intervenes. And I don't know who's going to intervene. Anybody? Anyone? Bueller? Bueller? Hello? Not me. I don't know why the camera was on me there, but no, I'm not going to interview. Bueller. <laughs> um, I, you know, I I, uh, I don't know what I don't honestly though. This is one of these issues. I don't know what you're supposed to do here. I mean, these people are obviously terrible. We shouldn't have left uh, in the first place. Obviously, the way we did, which mm -hmm. caused a lot of these problems. And you, you know, certainly many would go back even earlier than that and say we shouldn't have been there in the first place. And I understand that argument as well. Point is though, we're all here. There's been mistakes made on both sides. We're here in this situation. What do you do now? Um, I think it's a very difficult question. It's not one of those that, that, that lends easily to a quick debate on a, on a talk show. It really is something where, you know, I think there's, there's a principle to me in that you can't, you can't constantly be in war of this region. You can't constantly be dumping hundreds of thousands of our, our own citizens in there to try to do these things. You can't be putting ground troops in all the time. So what do you do short of that? I mean, you, can, you want to argue that, that's fine, and some people are arguing that. Um, but I would say no. So then you're to the point of, well, what do you do? Do you do nothing? Do you sit back and let ISIS essentially run rampant across the country and, and, and wish the Iraqi soldiers uh, the best and, and you know, good luck with that, trying to stop it? Um, do, you, do you try to aid them as much as possible with air support and let them kind of do their own thing? Uh, I mean, I don't know what you do. Do you get really angry and write nasty letters to the U.N. about, uh, about this? I, I mean, honestly, I think I would, would want to support it with air uh, which we're doing, yeah. uh, and you know, I, I don't know that I can go with ground troops, and I, I don't know the UN is going to help. I think really what would, would be nice is if maybe for once we didn't have to make these decisions, and the Arab countries that are getting their own citizens' heads chopped off did something, I don't know, on their own. That'd be nice. Wouldn't that be nice? It doesn't look like that's going to happen anytime soon. No. I would like to explore the Marcus Luttrell theory, and that's send in 300 uh, military personnel, uh, ground troops, whether it's Marines or Navy SEALs or uh, Army Rangers, Delta Force, whatever it is, uh, send in the best we have and have them deal with it. Marcus says that 300 guys could take care of this. I don't know. Is he actually making a uh, military policy stance for that, or is he I, saying, I, look, I don't know. I'd like to explore it, though, and find out. Yeah. I mean, is that... I don't know. Maybe these guys are capable of it. Yeah. Well, like, I... 
Certainly they're Maybe capable they of some things. Yes. I mean, you take, you know, a certain amount of these guys, go in there, and they just start picking these guys off from ISIS all yeah. over the place. Yeah. There's going to cause, a, you know, a large amount of fear. People aren't going to want to join ISIS because of it. I mean, right. at least you'd have something. Well, but, I mean, his plan is to unshackle them, right? Just let them go. Yeah. And that's let never, them do their job. We should yeah. be honest about it. That's never going to happen. Right. Happen. At least not with the leadership we have now. There's no way they're going to mm -hmm. unleash but our military. But that is what needs to happen. Yeah, if it's not if you're not going to send in an overwhelming force... And do it right that way. Uh, you would have to unshackle them, send them in, and tell these 300 guys, just go do what you have to do and take care of this thing and kill these guys. And then go in and wipe them out. And this is where, this, to me, this debate gets difficult when it comes to what to do policy-wise with ISIS. Because I agree with you on this. You're, you're, if you really wanted to take them out, you'd have to send ground troops in. I like the idea of maybe some special forces here and there, maybe with a combination mm -hmm. of air support. That's all, I think, a good idea. However, we have a president who is... Pathetic. Yeah. Ta da That's like the end of the yeah. sentence. I mean, and especially on an issue like this, where this is not his passion. His passion is not in going there and making sure that uh, you know ISIS isn't decapitating Christians. I mean, that's uh, like that's that's a that's a, a nuisance to him. And I'm not saying that he doesn't take the life seriously. I think he does. But his his vision of what he would be doing as uh, president is you know, reworking health care and, you know, uh, making sure cops don't beat up black people or whatever, you know, whatever thing he believes is his vision. It's certainly in domestic policy, largely. Oh, yeah. um, and, you know, with this, I don't think he wants I don't think it's what he wants to do. So let's take out of the picture for a second that we're going to do anything that's going to take care of this problem until he leaves office. Now, you put Hillary Clinton in there. She actually might be a tad tougher on an issue like this. Maybe. Um, However, let's just say you wait until a Republican comes in. Well, you've got now, between now and in, the, uh, in 2017, the beginning of 2017 when Obama leaves, before you can really even seriously address this pro pro problem under any circumstance, what does that problem look like in January of 2017 no, if worse. we do nothing or this? Yeah. It's much worse. It's much more difficult. And at that point, and, you know, you might be at the point where you have to start considering ground troops, not because you want to take care of the problem over there, but because the problem keeps getting uh, brought over here. You may get to that point. You might. And, and right now they're saying, now, I had heard 50,000 troops. According to this article, there's about 31,500 fighters loyal uh, to ISIS right now. And CIA well, estimates, though, CIA estimate. Uh, estimates place this at around 200,000 wow. militants. 200,000. Look, they're not going to be as well equipped as our military, but I mean, 200,000, I don't care if they're throwing stones, 200,000 people. That's a lot of people. You've you got to have a lot, pretty some serious. Uh, you know, and we've seen they're psychotic. So 200,000 psychotics mm -hmm. on an agenda like they have, that's a big problem. That's a huge issue. If we start fighting back, though, let's say there is 200,000. The same thing happened in Iraq the first time we went, right? They were all the people that were yeah. blood, mm -hmm. rivers of blood, and then, you know, yeah. maybe, and then that maybe evaporated. half of those are going to go, here you go. Yeah, and they go. Up. Yeah. No, right. that's true. And it's what happened when ISIS came to the new Iraqi military. Right. And they were supposed to be fighting them, and they, a lot of them just laid down their arms. I, you know, it's hard to, I, I still I am probably caught in this old school thinking here where it's just hard to imagine that two. You know, 10, 15, 100, 200,000 guys that don't have a lot of weapons and they're, how they can overwhelm an, an, a well-equipped military that we've given billions and billions of dollars of equipment to and training. I don't understand it. I mean, the only thing can be that if they actually want them to win. Mm. 
And, you know, I don't know. Maybe the Iraqi troops really don't. They want Sharia law and they think this is a good thing. I, I can't imagine, though, seeing the way that they're treating um, average people, seeing the way that they're treating uh, decapitating people, burning them alive. I mean, as a normal person, I can't understand it at all. And, uh, you know, I, maybe, you know, look, the, the Middle East is a hell of a lot different than it is here. And it's hard to it's hard to play Western thinking when you're talking about this region. It's just they just don't consider things in a way that we would find rational. Yeah. And, I, you know, when you when you're talking about that, it's the same thing. I mean, look, you go back to almost every world war where we had a tough enemy and an enemy that was difficult. I mean, you, no one could understand why the Nazis were doing what they did. No one could understand why, you know, why Mao would be loyal to communism to the point that it killed 60 million of his own people. But when you get in these, you get to these areas, you know, you're, it's different. you can't treat them like they're normal people that are like, well, I think that this, this would actually be slightly beneficial for us. That's not the way they think. Yeah, it's, it's so hard for us to relate to. When you're in an area where in Saudi Arabia right now, they have detained a man for dancing at a birthday party. The, um, the Commission for the Promotion of Virtue and the Prevention of Vice raided a private property, uh, ha uh, like some house in the city of uh, Buraday, and they arrested a man, the men inside for, quote, loud music and inappropriate dancing. So they were playing some music. They were dancing around their house, and the Commission for the Promotion of Virtue and Prevention of Vice busted in and took them into custody. Uh, Burada is the provincial capital of Saudi Arabia's Qasim province, which is home to some of the kingdom's most conservative clerics. Uh, an unnamed official said that when members of the morality police raided the private property, they found the young men in a compromising situation in their dancing and shameful movements. Okay, so that's what you're, that's what you're up against, is a society that doesn't tolerate shameful movements. There, I mean, this is not a new thing. Okay. I mean, there was a documentary on this uh, about a young man who went that's to a true. small town. Very small town. Uh, and you know, wanted to dance. <laughs> I've and been to that the town. entire town was saying, you can't, you can't dance. It's can't against dance. the rules here. Yeah. And he went into various uh, warehouses and decided to dance on his own right. against the rules. And then eventually brought that dance to the people anyway. Baconism. I call it baconism. It was bacon. Hardcore baconism. Baconism. Uh, in that uh, documentary mm -hmm. uh, known as uh, Footloose. <laughs> All right, Triple Eight Seven Two Seven back. More patents do coming. Yeah, you know, that was based on a real uh, town in yes, Oklahoma. It's been a while since I've seen that documentary. Yeah. Pretty good. It's weird how all the actors have the storylines. You know, the people you wind up seeing in other movies actually started their lives in documentaries much earlier. It is kind of weird. Yeah. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's Pat and Stu back again, reunited, mm. and it feels so good. We were suspended for the first two days of this week because of insensitive tweets that we sent out, and we apologize uh, for that. Either that, uh, or uh, there were no tweets, but there was ice. In oh the, yeah, that's in that the was what it was. It was that. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah somebody we, else was suspended even, because of tweets. You didn't even have a Twitter account. No, so you couldn't so just suspend it for tweet. tweets. Okay, that's that's yeah. a, my mistake. I apologize, and I'm suspended for the next two days. 
uh, because of that? I don't think so. Okay. No, no I'd, I'd like to go happen. home. No. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, Keith Olbermann, our, our good buddy, Keith Olbermann. Oh, from, he's a close uh, person. Oh, he's so good. Oh, um, wow. He was suspended from ESPN, where he apparently has a show uh, that airs Who knew that? Who ESPN2, I believe. Um, what? Yeah. Uh, and uh, he apparently said something naughty about Penn State students on Twitter. Oh, my God. Now, what Olbermann is one of the most pathetic uh, human beings uh, I've ever, in I didn't yeah. ever actually encountered him, but in media I've, I've ever encountered because he's very petty. He goes on, the, uh, on Twitter and fights back and forth with random people for, you know, an hour. He'll yeah. just tweet back and forth with just some person insulting them personally. It's bizarre. He's been doing what it for years. It? After the MSNBC thing when he got fired there and and he was home for weeks and he was trying to present this persona like, oh, I, I'm just uh, I'm scanning through my offers right now. Somebody finally tweeted him and said, hey, I thought you were, where's all your offers? Mm -hmm. I thought you were, uh, he's, well, well, right now I'm just home counting all my money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, isn't that the kind of stuff you right. proclaim to hate or the elitists? And it's such a weird <laughs> approach for a television personality to take such personal offense to someone on Twitter. It's like, dude, just let it roll off. Your, who cares? Right. Right. People call Glenn Hitler like 9,000 times a day. You just move on with your life. I mean, uh, you know, it's just stupid. So anyway, uh, here's uh, what got him suspended, and we'll give you the statement as well. Uh, you've got this tweet where he says, um, he, well, someone... Uh, Someone tweets uh, something from Penn State, and I guess they were doing a fundraiser at Penn State, which they do every single year, uh, and he just describes it as pitiful. Um, Was uh, that his only comment about it? Uh, pitiful? Uh, no, it says... Uh, oh, okay, says, there's so here's, more. So Keith Olbermann says, PSU students raising over $13 million for pediatric cancer research is pitiful. No, sir, you are the definition of the word, which actually, that part of it is completely true. Yeah. Uh, and then he says, no, son, <laughs> I said PSU students were pitiful, had nothing to do with the fundraising. Also, PSU reading comprehension, and they changed the tweet, so I can't read the rest of it. Then, uh, and then the students, I am an alum, gainfully employed in D.C., are pitiful for running an organization that raises millions? Okay. Again, get your money back. You didn't learn how to read. PSU students are pitiful because they are PSU students, period. Now, so he's actually at attacking Penn students at, at the university. There's more. Uh, let's go uh, next up. Uh, Why? Why so is he attacking the students who go there? Um, so uh, the, the, someone says, so you have no opinion on Penn State raising over $13 million for pediatric <laughs> cancer research? He says, good for you. Doesn't change the school's reputation. Check back next century. <laughs> uh, I'd like to thank the students and alums of Penn State for proving my point about the mediocrity of their education and ethics. Now, look, is he being the typical oh, douche now, that now he is? Now he's apologized. I apologize yeah. for the PSU tweets. I was stupid and childish. You think? In a way less mature than the students there who did such a great job Well, you know he doesn't mean that. No, he doesn't. That's not him. No, that's his higher-ups saying, yes. what the hell is wrong with you? What are you attacking 18, 19, 20-year-old kids going to however, college for? I'm totally on Olbermann's side. I think I am, too. I think I am, He's a total douchebag. He's a total, total douchebag. They knew this when they hired the guy. I know. He is one of the worst people on earth. That is actually his entire resume. It's proven it's fact. It's all he has. It's proven on, fact. On his resume, exactly. You look up in Webster's Dictionary, one of the worst people on earth, Keith Olbermann, yeah. is listed among them. This is like the tr a trillionth on the list of the horrible <laughs> things Reed. this guy has done. Mm -hmm. Harry Reid is there. Uh, yeah. There's uh -huh. a lot of people. You yeah. Eric Holder is there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Keith Olbermann. Point being, I mean, look... <laughs> 
He's he. The reason he's pissed off at Penn State largely is because of this scandal. He's been on Penn State students for years about it and saying that they yeah, can't. But that recover. has nothing to do with students. Yeah, I know. Well, yeah. Well, well I mean, uh, you know, it's, it's he he. They were all. What happened was he bashed the university. The students all came back and defended their university, which you'd expect the students to do. And he took them to task for defending their university. I, look, he's a sports broadcaster. He has a right to go out there and insult people on ESPN, of all places. Uh, you know, I, I, I honestly, like, I can't stay. I, I honestly hate Oberman. I think he's awful. But this is not anything. They should not be suspended for this at all. I, I think you should, because you don't attack a bunch of students at a university. That's if you want to attack the institution itself, go well, ahead. If, they, if they're attacking but you, not, he's... But not, they weren't. They were in this particular case, but he, after this them. is a long-standing battle between him and PSU students. I mean, please, we are, what, seven years removed from the Sandusky thing now. Oh. I mean, these are not the same students again, who are like, defending. It, there's two planes to look at this. Is it, is it a good quality bunch of reasoning from Keith Olbermann? No, he's an idiot. But... In addition to that, should he get suspended for for these tweets? To me, yes. no. no. He should be suspended because yes. his show Absolutely sucks, he and he sucks. That's true too. But, but <laughs> yeah, I don't yes. I don't have any problem with this. Honestly, I think he's you know he's being a kind of a trash talker and I, whatever. He's I don't a have a problem. and he deserves it. However, I will say that I found out something interesting about Keith Olbermann recently. Um, we were talking about a lot of the spy stuff that's been going on, and uh, and all the crazy like you know surveillance, and and we've come a long way. I think both of us and, and Jeffy's always been you know having cameras in people's apartments Youth for separate reasons. Cameras everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, uh, we've been talking about it. we've come a long way in this, and I remembered being really angry at Keith Olbermann for you know making Bush look like you know the most the worst person in the universe because he you know they oh well look at room 641A in the AT&T building. Remember that whole mm -hmm. monologue. And we've talked about that since, and, and to, uh, it turns out I think there's something to that, uh, and we've talked about it for a while now. Um, and so part of me thought, you know, I really should go back and look at that monologue from Olbermann, because I want to see, uh, you know, if the stuff he said, you know, was it legitimate, was he, was he unfair, and why didn't I pay attention to it at the time? And my impression in my memory was he was just such a douche about it. That I just couldn't pay attention. I couldn't get past it. That monologue where he talks about room 641A or whatever it is in the AT&T building mm -hmm. is legitimately two sentences after he says, Bush, you're a fascist. Have them print a T-shirt with the word fascist on it. The is clip it really? we play all the time. Oh, we play wow. a clip from that monologue constantly <laughs> to mock Keith Olbermann. But in reality, that's the one he was talking about, the surveillance thing. It's, it's worth going back and just wow. and, and seeing it. But, I mean... That's this funny. shows when you have that douchey approach, it really doesn't work to influence anyone. Back in a second. Back is Pat and Stu. By the way, net neutrality is supposed to be decided on Friday. The commissioners are uh, apparently going to vote. They expect 3-2, now I think probably 4-1 uh, in favor of it. So if you uh, haven't yet made your opinion known with the FCC, go to glenbeck.com slash FCC form. Is that what it is? Yeah. And uh, if you haven't done it yet, it's your fault. Got to fill that out. It's your fault. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't done it yet either, but... Still, it's your fault. Really? Jeffy, have you done it yet? 
Yeah, I don't like to fill out things <laughs> on the internet. I will say this. Jeffy does not want to turn over his information to the government. That's true. They have yeah, enough true. of my information. Oh, yes. Yeah. Like fingerprints, for example. DNA samples. Right. They didn't get that. I didn't mean to give it to them. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know that. We know they got it from a crime scene somewhere, but interesting. we won't get into that. Uh, but there are so many unintended and intended consequences from this uh, net neutrality thing that, uh, you know, after it passes 10 years from now, who knows what the Internet's going to look like? Who knows if there's going to be any innovation on it? Who knows if you'll be able to uh, freely express yourself on it? Who knows if uh, entrepreneurs will still be able to take advantage of it and use it to deliver their goods and services? I mean, I, I don't know. What's, it's going to be bad. This is really going to stifle everything. Yeah, and I think you're going to look at, just like you look at Obamacare and you don't see specific things that uh, people warn about as being a future consequence, you'll look at net neutrality, uh, you know, once after it's passed, we're allowed to see it. And uh, you will say, oh, look, this doesn't look that bad at this point. This won't happen. This will be fine. Don't worry about it. Um, and, of course, A, you have to look at what they're going to do with it next. And B, you have to realize that in a 332-page document, the 332-page document doesn't just say they shouldn't throttle Netflix. It doesn't just say, mm -hmm. well, all Internet data should be treated equally. You don't need 332 pages to say that. What else is in there? You've got no idea, yet mm -hmm. you're supporting the, the, the process. Why? You have no idea what's in here yet. We don't know until after they pass it, yeah. which they probably will. Um, and uh, then we'll find out about it. You will have, uh, at that point, good quality uh, journalists and conservative bloggers and such will go through it and find lots of stuff that uh, is going to be uh, awful. And uh, then maybe there'll be debate. Maybe then Congress can pass something. But it's going to be hard. It's going to have to be really bad because you're going to have to get it past uh, Obama. The pitch right now to the FCC from the pay TV providers uh, goes mostly like this. If you really care about broadband deployment, uh, you should you should make it so that we don't have to pay programmers quite so much. Then we'll be able to funnel more money into rolling out high-speed Internet. Unbelievable, these freaking people. Jeez. Oh, don't do net neutrality. Instead, uh -huh. change the market in another way. I can't stand any of these people. Uh, I can't stand the cable companies or the people who want net neutrality. They all right suck. You know, I'm so sick of this. It's like, just let it do. Stop. At, what do you mean you have to stop? This is like uh, uh, the, uh, the the owners of uh, basketball teams. Whoa, we need a salary cap because we just can't. All these players get paid too much. Who the hell is paying them? You. You're the mm -hmm. ones that are going out there and signing these ridiculous contracts and then complaining about how high the contracts are. Yeah. It's your fault. It's asinine. Uh, and there are some consequences that, frankly, we didn't even think of that Mark Cuban oh, yeah. uh, fortunately thought of. And he was on the show for the full hour last night with Glenn. And uh, here's some things he brought up on net neutrality. Look at current uh, Chairman Wheeler's approach, right? He had one approach to net neutrality, which was very light. No, you know, don't really need to do a whole lot. Um, we don't need to pass anything. Then all of a sudden, Verizon Susan wins. So that opened the door. But he had, didn't change his position. Then President Obama comes in and says, here's my position on net neutrality. And now all of a sudden, Commissioner Wheeler changes his position and says it's because it's four million comments came in. And the point being, not that he doesn't have the right to change his mind, not that the president doesn't have the right to say something. That process is going to be repeated with the next chairman and president and then the next chairman and president and then the next chairman and president because the, the Internet is going to continue to evolve to some extent. 
And we don't need that uncertainty. That is more uncertainty so than are the you technological for, uncertainty. Are you for, because I heard you, you kind of backed down a bit um, when you were pushed and, and said, well, would you be for Congress doing this? Well, different, right? I, I don't necessarily, and I said that because from what I've heard about, from what Congress is doing, from the couple of people looking at doing something, it was a very simple um, reconfirmation of what everybody already agrees on, that no website will be blocked, no legal website will be blocked, right? And just, just basic one, two, three type stuff that's just like saying two plus two is four. That's why I don't expect. So based off of what I've heard, I don't have a problem. Now, if they go in, you know, into all they new territory, yeah, yeah, then, then that's, that brings up a whole different set. I've been concerned that, um, you know, once you open the door, I mean, I was under the Telecommunications Act of 1933 when I first got into radio. I got into radio when I was 13 years old, and I had to take a test to yeah. be able to be it's on crazy, the air. I mean, it was nuts. Crazy. Um, we already have people in Congress. We have people in the administration questioning who's a journalist, who's not a journalist. Once you open this door, isn't it possible and pro- probable over time that they decide who gets to open up what websites, who gets to call themselves journalists? To to a super extreme, yes, that's always possible, right? I think, you know, at some point then the people's will, you know, will come in and and democracy takes over and capitalism takes over and we go from maybe an open internet to a closed internet where people have access to something that's not considered internet. I think think the marketplace would... would What does that mean? Meaning that um, if if I wanted to, to use wireless and create my own network... Right, my own private network by dropping nodes, you know, all around Dallas, Texas, and then connecting that to a whole nother network, and then connecting that to another network and not connect it to the internet at all. I could, right? It's expensive, but that cost will continue to drop. That would be like what cable did until they started to regulate cable. Well, in some respects, yeah, and but you know, it would be a, a private network. And there's lots of pri- smaller corporate private networks that, that, you know, government doesn't have access to. And you could open those up or create your own. And so if they took it too far, then I think there'd be um, a marketplace. So reaction. what's your biggest concern about this then? Um, the uncertainty. Um, what does that do? So, so here's some what I think are logical conclusions that aren't too extreme, okay. right? So do you, do you dismiss the extreme that the... The government, I mean, look at, I mean, you're really outspoken on privacy. Look yeah. what the hell the NSA is doing that they told us they weren't doing. Yeah, the, again, I, I mean, think. isn't that, wouldn't that have been five years ago? Wouldn't you have said that was, that would be extreme? No, because I knew. <laughs> you knew five years <laughs> yeah. ago? Ten yeah, years yeah, ago? ten years ago, maybe, right? Yeah. Because, yeah, we weren't all right here. But, um, so, if you go to the technological base, right now one of the big concerns is video, Right. Um, Netflix, as an example, you know, are people going to be able to get Netflix or video or streaming video or are the incumbents, the, the, the big bad guys, Comcast, Time Warner, AT&T, going to slow it down because it's competition to their content? Well, if you think about the technology of television, because it's pretty much all digital right now, this show, there's you're taking a source with all the cameras. You're going to go through an encoder. Right. And you're going to ship some to your cable and satellite partners and you're going to ship some to your Internet subscribers. It's basically the same technology in both directions. Right. Mm-hmm. And so what net neutrality says is you can't give an advantage to any one type of, of delivery. 
right? So you can't advantage your cable subscribers or satellite subscribers over your internet subscribers. You're, you're a perfect test case. And so if net neutrality is taken to its logical extension, then and it's, it's against paid prioritization, then providing your bits to cable and satellite is a, a, the equivalent of paid prioritization, which means you should not be able to do that. Now, they're not going to default wait, wait, to wait. that. Because, like Home Shopping Network, they pay, pay to be on that channel. They pay to have their bits delivered right. in a prioritized manner so that over the open Internet so that they don't buffer, right? So, if you, again, if you think about your cable coming from, you know, big, bad, nasty cable provider <laughs> and it's one pipe, Mm-hmm. And it's all digital. It's all bits. They take a segment of that and they allocate it for your TV channels. Those are, you know, let's just say six megabits per HD channel um, times however many channels. That's a lot of bandwidth allocated to television versus just 10, 25, 50, 100, even a gigabit for, um, for Internet. It's not inconceivable, and I would tell you that someone will sue, and it will become likely that they'll say you have to combine all that bandwidth together. So if you're getting 100, to make it easy, um, 6 megabit channels um, of HD, that's 6 gigabytes. That's 6 gigabytes if you say, you know what, you can't just deliver all that um, for television, we want to open that up to the internet so all the Glenn Becks and Blazes can deliver their over-the-top video in an equal manner. Now all of a sudden you have 6.1 gigabits available in this so example. You have to fracture it to everything. Yeah, and it's just open internet. Now all of a sudden your traditional television. Um, so if I'm getting Blaze on my big bad cable, you know, provider might start buffering. And I probably need new equipment in my home that maybe the government is going to force you to buy, but it gets worse, right? So now if all video delivered could be perceived as television, right, because it's all in the same pipe, bits are bits. No matter what anybody says in government, no matter what any um, technologically savvy person says, bits are bits. They don't care if it's text, data, or video, whatever it is, it's just a bit. And you have your pipe that's allocated in different ways, you know, through a lot of different uh, mechanisms. But net neutrality at its base says all that data should be delivered together and no one should have priority. So if there's no priority for television and it's just part of the open Internet and delivery, your traditional television watching the evening news... It's over. It's over, right? Either A, you're going to have to get new equipment in order to make it all be part of one. I'm actually for this in concept. I hate the way it's being done, but it would force you actually, wouldn't it force the cable companies to allow me to do everything a la carte? There's no reason I have 500 channels. I don't want to pay for 500 channels. Yes, you do. Yes, you you may not want 500, but you want it in bundles. Otherwise, the the, The money. Yeah, it, it gets very expensive. And look at the music industry. Right. So when when everything is a la carte, the expense doesn't come in creating the content. Right. The expense comes in marketing the content. So we could take a phone and you and I can sing Sinatra and maybe it's just the best song ever. But in order for it to get heard, we have to compete with everybody. And when you're an open market like that and it's a la carte, sure, a couple songs sneak through and become hits, but the big four music labels still control 70%. Well, I saw something on Billboard with, what, right. that it was a higher percentage of record sales or music sales today than it was in 1998. 
because the cost to stand out is so much more expensive. Right, but doesn't, so but doesn't wanna... Comcast, Universal, NBC already control, I mean, the, the big four already control most of the content? Well, yes and no, right? Because I would tell you that Netflix subsidizes all that conflict, all that content now, and without Netflix, that that same content isn't being created, and there's a unique dependency on Netflix. Um, and that you look at the turnover, you know, I'm on a show that keeps on growing Shark Tank, right? Because it's a great show, but they put on us on NBC. On ABC, <laughs> yeah. And they, they put us on, on Friday nights because they thought we were going to die because it used to be Friday nights was a day to right. go. It's point being that it's hard to know which content's going to stand out and rise to the top. But let, let's keep on going on, on the conclusion. So if everything is funneled through the open internet, and let's just say it's a la carte, right? Now all of a sudden you see a different set of rules potentially being applied. I guarantee you that the FCC meant the same organization that fought for eight years over Janet Jackson and, and um, their wardrobe malfunction, mm -hmm. eight years to enforce that. There's going to be somebody that comes along and says, you know what, we need decency standards applied to all the content on the Internet because now that is coming through the same pipe and it's, applied, it's open to everybody. We need education requirements. Remember Bill Clinton said you had to have a certain amount yep. of educational content. You have you the uh, fairness doctrine again. In a lot of respects, yes, applied to the Internet. So this goes into the law of unexpect, uh, unexpected consequences uh, or unintended consequences that you don't know what's going to happen when all these things change. And, you know, you talk about Twitter, you would think companies like Twitter and Facebook have thought through the technological aspects of it. I don't think they have. And so all of a sudden, if there is no such thing as a prioritized bit, then all that digital television going through the same pipe, all those voters who like to get Fox News or MSNBC, they're going to freak out, you know, because you're going to have to go to their website to get it or you're going to have to have a special box that identifies the channels and brings it to you. Ha! That's great. I, I mean, I would have never guessed that TV could buffer. Yeah. And uh, until now, it doesn't because it gets priority. Now he's saying if everybody's treated equally, TV will start buffering. Wouldn't that be great if the Super Bowl starts to buffer? Mm. And then what is that? <laughs> Can you imagine? People would go nuts. They go crazy well, for that. It wouldn't buffer for me because I'm there in the stadium. So it wouldn't buffer for me. I no, would see it. What he's be right saying, in front of though, me. is that even when you're there live, it would begin to buffer. Really? Yeah, because you're not this getting the bits. Wrong. You're not getting the bits. Yeah, this is wrong. Yeah, okay, I, see? I, yeah. I stand against it. That's right. So. I stand against it now. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's uh, it, what he, he brought up three or four points in there that I never really even considered, considered. on it, and they're great points. And, and uh, you know, that's. You just don't think of this. And, and they will say his point is, no, no, that's wrong. That's wrong. And he brought it up specifically saying that someone will sue and they will win. Mm -hmm. So yeah, this, yeah. this is not how it will start. But this is just, as he said, sort of like the logical and he said likely next step. And th this is just it's a, it's a long road here, guys. Over the next 10 years, it's just going to get more and, and more and more difficult for these guys to compete. And it's not right. Uh, you know, keep it the way it is. Let the people who build the pipes do what they want with their pipes. If you want to do something different, you know, you can go to a different company. You can start your own company. You can start, a, as he pointed out, you can start your own wireless network even. Yeah. Uh, you, don't need, you know, there's no reason you can't do that. It's too good. I, I don't want to, I won't do it. Triple eight seven two seven back. It's uh, Pat and Stu. I'm Pat. He's Stu, and that uh, over there is 
Uh, we're trying to figure it out right we're now. We're sorry. Medical science has not figured out what that is. <laughs> but we're working on it. And it can't even turn on its microphone when it knows it's on uh, television. Oh, just another human being. I mean, you even have your earpiece in. I know, I was putting it in. Isn't that sad? You know, if it's in your ear and you talk and you don't hear yourself, isn't that an indication to turn your microphone on? And by the time I had the three little words out, it was too late. Look at He's like a little puppy, so sad. <laughs> this is, I'm sick of this hat. Not a little man. puppy, but I mean like this a is, this really is a big, man. overweight puppy. Yes, very large. Um, I would say it's like 900-pound puppy. This is a guy who has <laughs> brutally murdered probably 100 people in his life, okay? This is a man who's stolen millions of dollars from charities, okay? Yeah. Okay. Um, so we, I, I, can I make a quick proposal on the air about our programming schedule today? Yes. Can we wait, because we're kind of running late. And do the, uh, the Bill Nye Douche Hall of Fame vote in the next segment. And instead do this Debbie Wasserman Schultz story because I love yes. this story. Okay. Okay, so go mm -hmm. to the feed now and vote. Uh, get ready to vote for the Douche Hall of Fame. Should Bill Nye get into the Douche Hall of Fame? Go and there the now. Jeffy, what is it? TheBlaze.com slash the feed. Yeah, mm -hmm. go there. And uh, log in. Let's go. Be ready for the vote. Be ready. It's coming up in a few minutes. But let's go first to this Debbie Wasserman Schultz story. Again, let this soak in. Mm -hmm. Bill Nye... The freaking science guy mm -hmm. is up for the vote for the Douche Hall of Fame today. Okay? All right? And we got some, some really special things to show you to back up whether or not he's a douche. So we'll find that out. We will. Uh, and uh, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, also in the Douche Hall of Fame. She's a proud member. Yeah. And oh, my gosh. That's where she's just found out right there. Yep. And she's like, yes, touchdown. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> it's a weird Touchdown. Reaction. No, she was really excited. Look at her. You don't see her smile very often, but there she is. Oh, there go. she is smiling. Well, she's I'm like, just... yeah, I Douche Hall of Fame. Yeah, and then she went into a 45-minute <laughs> chant of the Douche Hall of Fame. Yeah, by herself. Great. Just kept going for 45 minutes. Who can blame her? Yeah. Who can blame her? She's excited. You know, it's good for her. Best thing she's ever accomplished. Mm -hmm. um, 2013 Democratic National Committee Chairwoman Debbie Wasserman Schultz sensed that Barack Obama might try to replace her as chair, and it led her to set in motion an ethically questionable plan to prevent her ouster According to a new political report, she began to line up supporters to suggest the move was both anti-woman and anti-Semitic. Oh, she is despicable. Mm -hmm. I, this is what she does. Yeah. I will say part of this, and it's the same thing with the Olbermann thing. Um, part of me, there's a little glee in the fact that they're caught in the own, their own mechanism that they've created. Right. Olbermann was constantly attacking people. One of them suspended and fired all the time. Now he's suspended. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, or the president of the United States, is constantly making all these accusations of racism and, and, and sexism and, uh, and all this stuff. And now she, he would theoretically have to deal with it if he were to have removed Debbie Wasserman Schultz. Um, and I kind of, there's a little glee in that, mm -hmm. I will say. Um, mm -hmm. But she began to line up these supporters to suggest the move was both anti-woman and anti-Semitic. Schultz did indeed keep her position, so she didn't have to put this into, uh, into account. But the political report also outlined Schultz's isolation within the Democratic Party and indicates she has barely even talked to Obama since 2011. Uh, I, I, you know, it's, <clears throat> it's interesting because she used all of these mechanisms against the Republicans. Every Republican was anti-woman. Every Republican was anti-poor uh, uh, or, uh, you know, they're uh, warmongers or, or extremists or whatever the label. And now to think that when she sensed that she might be ousted as a DNC chair, then she starts to turn that mechanism on her own. I, again, I got to say it, I love it when liberals eat their own. 
I absolutely love it. And so here's another example, apparently. I don't know where we're getting the information. Uh, Politico is, uh, has something on Debbie Wasserman Schultz specifically. Uh, they against have her been, or? I don't, wouldn't say against her because that indicates it's unfair. Because yeah. um, I don't think these reports are unfair. But they have a source in these circles. I think I know who it is uh, because there's a guy, and I don't know his name off the top of my head, but he's a f big Florida fund, uh, guy who funds Democratic causes. Yeah. And he has had a major falling out with Debbie Wasserman Schultz and Whoa. is outwardly and that saying from Politico too? that's from Politico too and Politico about every day has another unbelievable story about Debbie Wasserman <laughs> really? Schultz coming out right now yeah it's wow. it's worth checking every day if you don't I like Debbie Wasserman Schultz so the last that. one was Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh uh came out uh, she, this guy this big fundraiser ran did a fundraiser for Debbie Wasserman Schultz they raised like a hundred thousand dollars and then like a year later this guy decided to pour money into um, legalizing, I think it was medical marijuana, may have been, mar I think, it, no, it was actually more than that. I think it was all marijuana, like legalized, like, like Colorado did. Mm -hmm. So he put money into a, um, a push for a, an amendment to legalize marijuana. Um, and Debbie Wasserman Schultz came out and um, opposed it. Okay, mm -hmm. so this guy wants the, um, the marijuana amendment. Uh, uh, Schultz opposes it, opposes it publicly for some reason. Now, why? I mean, when you have most Democrats saying they want this sort of stuff, why do they have the leader of the you know, Democratic National Committee saying she doesn't want it? So he gets really pissed off about this because he's dumping millions and millions of his own dollars into this to get this through. And she, she's supporting She's opposing it. Anyway, it doesn't pass. It misses by about three percent. So, of course, this guy, if he had Debbie Wasserman Schultz on, on his side and not opposing it, probably it. clears yeah. the 60 percent threshold. Mm -hmm. So uh, so she, he comes out and starts bashing her again in the in the uh, in, in the press, calling her irrelevant and, um, you know, a nuisance, mm. things like that. An irritant, I think was the word. And she gets really freaked out about it. And it's the same sort of stuff here that you saw in this last report. Um, and she gets really freaked out about it and has her people reach out to this guy's people and offer, if you stop bashing me in the press, I will support your amendment. And he has an email to prove the, uh, the offer was made from their people. Um, wow. So from again, people, though, wow. now she's, of course, denying it. Right. She's like, not, it's, not, it's not a quid pro quo at all. And no, 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 we were just having discussions and people, uh -huh. to, you know, she's coming up. But he's pretty clear on the fact that this is what she did. She, she, I will change my vote on, awesome. a, on a, an amendment on legalizing marijuana if you stop being well, mean to me in the newspaper. Do you have, an, do you have any doubt in your mind that she's no. capable of that? Fully consistent with her character. Totally consistent. She is, she, well, there's a reason she's in the douche hall of fame. <laughs> yes. <laughs> wow. And again, Politico wow. has got some pipeline to great. whatever Debbie Wasserman Schultz has been up to, and you're going to wind up seeing a lot more of it unless this thing goes away. But so he, it's, he's, it's, the, the funder is just like, I don't, I don't want your stupid vote go. Like, he's pissed right. off. So it is, I mean, this is pretty solid then. And that hurts her, it's too. Not that's, just, a lot, that's a lot of money out of your pocket when someone oh, pulls sure. away like that, man. Whew. But it's, it's pretty solid then that she was compiling this stuff against Obama, and she was going to turn on him just because he was going to remove her from the DNC uh, chairperson well, spot. If you speculate, as I am, that this guy is the source, this funder who was once yeah. a longtime friend, it makes a lot of sense yeah, that he would. Good this is the gosh. type of person she would go to to try to push this campaign out there. 
again, you know, I don't know. This stuff, there's a lot of back and forth, and all the disclaimers apply here that you don't know this information. But Politico, no. this is, we'll you know, Politico is, I, you know, consider, <laughs> don't consider a right-wing source by any means. And oh, a lot of times gosh, they say no. things that, you know, I, I just disagree with. But they have a pretty good pipeline to this sort of stuff. They're probably pretty close, too, because remember we, we had talked about her. She was everywhere, everywhere yeah. uh, for a long and time. Then and nowhere. then Gone. Well, remember, gone. part of it came out as they did testing on her, and she was seen yeah, as the true. least convincing uh, surrogate. And least likable. Least likable. Yeah. Right. Which is well, okay, completely but, legitimate. Now, do you believe that test, or do you think Barack knows that she's working on, you know, he wants to get rid of her? And maybe he She's leaves working that. on that. Yeah. He, he throws out a test, says, right. you know, we, nobody likes you, you're out. Very right. possible. Very possible. Very likely, yeah. I'd I mean, say. I, I would doubt that highly. I, I'm just I wish, throwing it out there. How I wish it would have gotten to the point where she started calling Barack Obama anti-woman. To <laughs> oh, how I wish it would have gotten there. Triple eight seven two seven. Back more patents to come on. Douche Hall of Fame vote is next. Oh yeah, Bill Nye, the science douche, or the science oh, yeah. guy. We'll find out in just a minute. Uh, go to theblaze.com/slash/feed, register, and get ready to vote. It's coming up next. It is time for a douche Hall of Fame theme and vote. 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 Is that uh, our full budget for production there? Oh, yes. Right. Douche Hall of Fame. That sounded really important. Vote. And that vote. that. Uh, th that pretty much took the extent of our budget right there, that little thing that you just we saw. We went a little into debt on that yeah, one. Yeah, we, did. we didn't actually <laughs> cover did. that with our budget. Uh, yeah. But we haven't done this in a long time. Uh, yeah. Our last vote was... Last vote uh, was uh, Eric Holder uh, inducted on ju uh, July 14th. Okay, that was our last successful, successful yeah. vote. And we had one non-successful vote. John order. Boehner. John Boehner, that's right. He was okay. close, but did not get in. In December. Yeah. Okay. Um, so this vote is going to be on Bill Nye. Should this picture... Uh, appear here. All right. Well, um, now you, you're probably black. thinking, well, I, I don't know what what evidence is that I know he's a douche. We know he's a douche. There's no there's no scientific uh, disagreement. But there. is he a Hall of Fame douche member? Does he belong with the greats of all time? Yeah. I mean, look at these names. Uh, I mean, uh, Piers Morgan, look at that. That's Jesse impressive. Ventura, mm -hmm. Lindsey Graham, mm -hmm. Michael Moore, right. Jay Carney, Ed Schultz, Al Sharpton, Nancy Pelosi. Thad Cochran, Eric Holder. Should he join storied douches like Alan Grayson, Michael Bloomberg, Joe Scarborough, Charles Schumer, Anthony Weiner, Albert Arnold, Al Gore, <laughs> Maxine Waters, uh, Warren, fat piece of crap Buffett, <laughs> Chris Matthews, Debbie Wasserman Schultz, John Roberts, who was uh, who was inducted in an emergency vote? <laughs> yes, he was. Right he was. after, right after the uh, health care thing. By the way, and Harry Reid. Not even Ru Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Or not even none Ruth of them Bader. are even in no. there. None of the liberal <laughs> justices made it. Just John Roberts. Uh, also, okay, don't forget though. You mentioned Jesse Ventura, but he also holds yes. a very special place in our heart. The Grand Nozzle. The grand nozzle. The grand nozzle of the douche Hall of Fame is Jesse Ventura, and I think he will remain there for at least certainly today because of oh, the Chris yeah. Kyle thing coming down yesterday. So he he, he gets to maintain that uh, title. Now, if you're not familiar with the douche Hall of Fame rules, they're pretty simple. You go to theblaze.com/slash the feed, and we will put mm. up a question here momentarily, and you have to vote. Do you think he belongs in the douche Hall of Fame? This is not is he a douche? 
Is he a right. Hall of Fame legendary douche with the names we just we just uh, laid out? And to get successfully into the douche Hall of Fame, 95% of the vote has to be in the affirmative. It's, a, it's the highest standard in all, Hello, yeah, yeah. In all Hall of Fame. Five, quite a bit. Uh, so let's present the evidence. Uh, here is Bill Nye right now talking about events now tied to climate change. World's climate is changing. Yeah. And along with that, yeah. apparently, is this extraordinary winter event. See, I got to mm. tell you, the hot weather events, mm -hmm. like we had in Texas, 2012 yeah. and stuff, it's those are now stuff. statistically connected to climate change. Well, you know, wait any a one event is hard to do when you're talking yeah. about. Exactly. It's the cumulative well, exactly. effect. Yeah, it's yeah. cumulative. But, sure. Uh, sure. Uh, but uh, I bet you in coming years, people will be able to, <laughs> to tie events like this mathematically. Yeah. To the bigger picture. Uh, that, okay, we need that's you, you guys. Awesome Let's get right out there. here. Just, just say climate, climate change. Yeah. We'll connect just once in a while. Yeah, and, like and I think the bigger picture meaning that we're not pursuing aggressively the policy oh, that can no, do something yeah. about it. Uh, Bill Nye, the can I throw in one more thing? <laughs> Quickly, one more, more thing. All the time. What can I do about climate change? Yeah. What can I do about climate change? Just talk about it. Yeah. If we were talking about it, we'd raise awareness and we would get to work. And I, as a guy born in the U.S., would like the U.S. to be leading this effort. Indeed. It's President's sure Day. Let's sure go. Let's lead. Amen. Uh, amen. The possible connection. Amen. Oh, wait possible. a minute. Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, whoa. The end of that clip. We need the last five seconds of the clip. I did not see this last time. Really? By the way, he's speaking on the Reed Report, which I believe, because of this segment, has been canceled. Right. Uh, however, watch Bill Nye, this buffoon, at the end of this clip. <laughs> what do you okay. Right. Would like the U.S. Watch to be leading watch this effort. Indeed. It's President's Day. Continue to watch Let's him. go. Let's lead. Watch, watch him. Watch him. Still not a science he guy. He blows yeah. up the fist. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so stupid. Talk about world class right there. He is there. such oh, a Oh, wow. Douche he bag. just earned my vote uh, in this particular oh, election. Uh, wow. It, it, it's oh. there, there's so much in just that one clip. First of all, he says that these hot weather events are statistically tied to global warming now. Then he goes on to say, I'll bet you that they will be statistically tied to <laughs> and then Which he throws is it? it? Yeah. What are you talking about? And then he throws in at the end the possible connection. Right. Yeah. So they're not statistically tied. You can't statistically tie them to anything right and can now. I also point out the idea that MSNBC does not discuss climate change enough? Oh, I mean, that is I one of the dumbest statements thing. I've ever heard Just in my life. That's all they talk about. occasionally, every time. Every the sun's out today, but it's partly cloudy. Could that be climate change? <laughs> <laughs> they all right. do it every time. <laughs> now, he, uh, Bill Nye kind of made some news when, about the deflate gate thing. He was out there talking mm. about... Uh, uh, the science behind it. And this was actually, I thought, the Patriots' best uh, piece of evidence in their favor, which was Bill Nye disagreed with them. Um, but uh, here is Bill Nye trying to address this on uh, Funny or Die. One test is worth a thousand expert opinions. So we're going to take these footballs and put them in the refrigerator. We've set the refrigerator to oh, 51 degrees Fahrenheit. That's too warm for food. It would all spoil. Gross! But this, my friends, is science. While we have a few minutes here, I'd like to talk about something else. Climate change is real. While we're all obsessed with deflate gate, let's keep in mind that there's something about which you should give a f Yes, like Tom Brady, the world's getting hotter and hotter. And you know why? Because we humans are pumping carbon dioxide in the atmosphere every time we burn fossil fuels, when we burn gasoline in our cars, That's and when Tom Brady breathe. and Bill Belichick 
start talking for two and a half hours at press conferences, spewing out carbon dioxide, making climate changes that much worse. What should we do about this? You should vote for congressmen and senators that appreciate the threat of climate change oh, and the rate man. at which the world is getting warmer mm, so that we can preserve the earth for humankind for Possible. generations to come. Mm. And we just got this ball out of the fridge, and it's pretty much the same. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. real science right there. That's First of all, what a dumbass. This guy is <laughs> the worst. <sighs> just the fact that he says, and when Bill Belichick and Tom Brady start talking for two and a half hours, that makes climate change just that much worse. Just the fact that you've just acknowledged now that human beings speaking makes climate change worse should tell you what a stupid, what a stupid theory this is. Yeah, but you're, you're not considering the truth about climate change and all the blizzards. See, global warming leads to mm -hmm. lots more snow. Cold, and also, right? I yep. should also point out, no snow. Um, so a lot more snow yeah. and, and, and then, no snow. Um, and, and at the same okay, time. But, but here's the uh, thing. At the same time, but also at different times. Well, because different some too. years it oh. might lead to a really uh, a lot of snow. And then other years, the lack of snow might also mean and, right. climate change. That's true. And, right? people, and people might bring up this ridiculously anti-science point when they say, well, what about the times where it's just the same? Yeah. What they don't realize is that means that the more snow and no snow have battled to a duel. And they've canceled each other out. Mm -hmm. So you just discount that year. Mm -hmm. they've, they've you just... You just you cancel out that year. So. See, that's science. That's what that is. Here's him on blizzards. I just want to introduce the idea that this storm is connected to climate change. I want to introduce that <laughs> yeah, idea. That has been introduced. There'll be certain Again, viewers who will become unglued. They're throwing yeah, things yeah. at their television sets and so on. It doesn't talk about but it. But the economic effect of storms like this is huge. You cancel, cancel half the flights out of uh, the world's or one of the world's busiest airports. Certainly right. the eastern seaboard is a very busy area uh, economically for airplane right. travel. Mm -hmm. And so when you start having these big storms and you don't have the infrastructure to deal with it, look at it, you're costing your society There's a lot of money. And we're in the, the developed ground. world where we can handle this stuff. Mm -hmm. So I just want to introduce the idea. Yeah, go ahead and introduce the, the idea. The strong moron. winds that we had in Southern California, so the very strong winds that will be associated with this storm in the next uh, couple days these could uh -huh. be connected could be. Could to be. climate change now, yeah, proving any one storm is connected especially mm. cold weather events is quite it? difficult but i just want oh, to he keeps present that because i've only brought that in every time it rains or snows or is, is sunny or is cloudy I don't know. Is, I is this show canceled too? No, I hope so. I think it might it's be canceled awful. too. I think it is. He's right. awful, but not to the point where he gives you anything good to even play about him. He's just so boring and all. We're also building a case. You put him on your TV show, you get fired. This work. is interesting. I don't know True. if we should be playing this guy uh, any more of his clips. <laughs> we should just vote. But well, let's give him uh, this one. Keep in mind too that the major snowstorm that he's talking about here in New York, which was predicted to drop <laughs> two feet. Yeah. It was snowpocalypse. We were there. Right. It was predicted to be two feet. It was five inches. Right. It was not it bad was at all. Five stinking inches. That's your apocalyptic yeah. global warming proving was it snowstorm. Even, was it even five inches? I mean, no. Maybe no, I don't right. think it was. No, it might not. have been four. Yeah. Um, Three or four. That did hit Boston uh, pretty hard. Yes, so it, it did, did hit some areas. Yeah. Um, Bill Nye. Uh, how about Bill Nye versus Representative uh, Marsha Blackburn? Uh, this okay. is from two, February 2014. 
And I think that Bill would probably agree with this. Neither he nor I are a climate scientist. He is an engineer and actor. I am a member of Congress. And what we have to do is look at the information that we get from climate scientists. As you said, there is not agreement around the fact of exactly what is causing this. Even the president's own science and technology office uh, head, Mr. Holdren, says no one single weather event is due specifically to climate change. What people are doing is introducing the idea that scientific uncertainty, in this case about cold weather events in what we call back east, uh, are, is the same as uncertainty about the whole idea of climate change. And this is uh, unscientific, it's not, it's not logical, it is, it is uh, a way, apparently, uh, that the fossil fuel industry has dealt with uh, our politics. Oh, shut and this up. is not Wait, this is not good. Everybody, uh, you don't. This is not. Uh, you don't need a PhD in climate science to understand what's going on. That things that we have overwhelming evidence that climate is no, changing. No, we don't. No, we don't. That you cannot tie any one event to that is not the same as doubt about the whole thing. Ugh. Uh, she, she's, that was great. Wow. Marsha Blackburn really nailed him there, and it pissed him off. And yeah. so he, he tried to uh, really get back at her with some kind of condescending bullcrap. But the fact is, he's not, not just not a climate scientist. He's not a scientist at all. He's an engineer and an actor. Cool. Yeah, it's and, great stuff. And that's why we've kind of called him science-esque. Yes. Science-ish. Science-ish uh, The science guy is a good title for him because he's not a scientist. Um, and you'll notice this. Watch this clip and look at how he is, uh, the banner on the bottom, look at exactly how they describe him. In this clip, again, not a scientist, here's Bill Nye about tornadoes. Many people asking tonight on Twitter and Facebook and so on, is it getting worse? You know, we're in New York here, Hurricane Sandy was obviously the worst we've had here for hundreds of years. Is it getting worse in terms of storm damage and power? It's not clear. First of all, you can't say can't from any one that. storm uh, that this is a result of, let's say, Science climate education. change. Science However, education. just looking at uh, Chad Myers's graphic there, it's the width of this tornado that I think, uh, at least to width. me, just looking at it's the data the that are available online, stuff, this is a much more powerful storm <laughs> than the one that everybody talks about, May 3rd, 1999, because it's, it's wider, Stop. cutting a wider swath, so you've got to figure Stop. it has it's a tornado uh, girth right twice there. as wide. <laughs> You might figure it's got twice as much energy, but it might have four times as much energy. It might oh, it have might ten have times, hundred times uh, an order of magnitude might, yeah. as much energy. I just want to remind us all half. that it's going to happen again. We don't know. It's the 20th of May, and so uh, hurricane, uh, so, uh, uh, tornado season goes at least another month, and then hurricane season goes. Is that how tall it is? It's the, the girth. How many times? Uh, Ah, that is so, so there you bad. go. Um, what a, just a, a ballsy prediction that we will have another tornado in the future at some point. Wow. Wow, what a, what a wonderful thing to predict. <laughs> you know what? Live. And it happened, too. We have had, we have had them since. since. So, um, just not any more frequent or more power. No, in fact, the chart shows the absolutely no trend in the number or strength of, uh, of uh, tornadoes. Same with hurricanes, except that they're down. Well, they're uh, down. They are in fact, we've had none. Yeah. Uh, no major hurricanes since 2005. Oops. So, uh, okay, so that's the case. Uh, in, in partial case, obviously. There's so much more of his douchery oh around. Oh, my gosh. But there's the, the atheist stuff where he called Christians 
ignorant, stupid, something like that. Oh, yeah, that. and said it was child abuse to teach Ch kids yeah. religion. I forgot about yeah. that one. That's I a mean, great one. I mean, I wish we had that one, but, I mean, that's plenty of evidence right plenty there. Plenty of evidence for your vote. So, uh, where do you go, Jeffy, to make this vote? Get there, theblaze.com slash the feed. Should we do it right They're now? They're lining up. They're yeah, rolling let's do it right now. Okay. Should, yeah, we, should we allow okay. the vote to continue through the break and come back and, and make the big announcement, or do you want to just do it for well, a minute? Like there's one minute. We can take a break now. There'll be one minute for you to uh, vote, vote, and then yes. we'll, okay. we'll end it at the proper uh, like constitutional yes. time, of course, yeah, and then course. come back so, and give you the results. It's only right decide. and proper. Triple eight seven twenty seven Beck is the phone number. Theblaze.com slash the feed is the web address for you to vote on Bill Nye in the Douche Hall of Fame. Try the executive power more time for the vote. No. Hurry up and vote. Hurry up oh. and vote. Hurry up and vote. One minute. Beginning now. Right now. And now. That's it's already started. <laughs> All right. This is exciting. It is. This is our first uh, vote since, I think, December uh, of any kind. Now, we haven't had an inductee make it into this uh, very stringent group mm -hmm. uh, since July of last year. Yeah. And that was Eric Holder. He was the last inductee to reach the milestone of 95% uh, douchiness. Uh, and we just held the vote. We did. The votes are in. 95% is necessary. 95% right? to get into the Douche Hall of Fame. Where did Bill Nye, the science-ish guy, fall into that? If voted in, he'll be the 23rd. 23rd. Inductee. Okay. Bill Nye received 96%. Yes! Yes! Yeah! Yeah! A uh, world-renowned douche Hall of Fame member. There he is. That's, that's what, a, what an unbelievable honor. Probably the best thing he's ever done with his life. <laughs> Probably. Someday, you know, it's, uh, this photo sure. will not be just you know, taped on like it is now. It'll be specifically framed in this little thingy thing, mm -hmm. and then you'll have a little placky placadac over here. Mm -hmm. It'll be great. Uh, we're on the second plaque of the Douche Hall of Fame, and we should point out... You earned it. Bill. Yeah, you did earn it, Bill. Oh, we were talking it. about the uh, first... This is from when the show was called The Fourth Hour. Mm -hmm. And uh, and uh, as Pat was pointing out, it's something I've noticed as well, and I noticed mainly because I did it, uh, which was I put the Maxine Waters plaque on a little bit askew. Uh, it drives us that? all out of our minds. It drives, us, it drives us out of our minds, but I've come to recognize it as essentially like the crack in the Liberty Bell. That's People will come to see it. Did you see that Maxine Waters plaque? It's not even on straight. It's unbelievable. The People will come for, <laughs> to the museum for years and years to see that. So it's really, it's now I think an endearing part of the Douche Hall of Fame. It's the legend of the crooked plaque now. Yeah. And, and it, it just enhances the Douche Hall of Fame. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, so, mm -hmm. so that's nice. There you go. That's a that's great nice. achievement uh, for uh, Bill Nye. Congratulations, you douche. <laughs> He deserves it. He yes, does. Yes, he does. All right, we got time enough, I think, for... Uh, did you have something, Jeff? Well, I was just going like to... If you wanted to know another little special inside Douche Hall of Fame... I do. Uh, Ooh, ...fact. Wow. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah. You know, that we can you hear it on the tour. Mm -hmm. We give the tour, but, mm -hmm. you know, not everyone is aware of it. Um, Debbie Wasserman Schultz is listed as the 10th uh, inductee into the Hall of Fame, but she really is was the 11th. What do you mean? Uh, and why? John Roberts was the 10th as the special inductee, That's only they were put on the board wrong. 
Interesting bit of trivia. What? Why did that yeah. happen? Why? I, I don't want to, you know, throw You any, don't want to throw anybody throw under stones, the bus? Stu. Wait, so on this one, then. I don't want to say anything, Stu. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Debbie Washington Schultz. And John okay. Roberts. So John Roberts those actually... Those should be reversed. Those should be reversed? Yeah, Debbie did Oh, man. That's some great douche Hall of Fame trivia right on. there, Jeff. Wow. That makes wow. it even more special when you visit. It does. That's, <laughs> it's it's the screw-up. It's like no one wants to see a stamp of an airplane, but a no. stamp of an airplane upside down is right. worth millions. Yes. Book your tickets right now. Call your travel agent. <laughs> and, it's it's uh, on Main Street okay. in your area. <laughs> Are you not?